Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 70 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, information, and fan fun time supernova extravaganzas. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morse, editor of Marvel.com and happy, fun-loving guy. And we have with us our elderly intern... Elaine Gomez, digital media intern. I'm not just, elderly. Just wasting away. <laughs> you were just saying right before the podcast how you felt so old. I feel old. old, but I'm not old. Yeah, just literally <laughs> dropping off as yeah. we watch her. Yeah. The gray hair is just piling in because of having to work on this podcast with it's, us. It's terrible. But you we're know, sorry. We you know what? We're not sorry. No. We're having a good time. Yep. Uh, if you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we're going to go through all the new comics out for the week, both print and digital, collections and single issues. Then we're going to go to some news and information, and we're going to hit your questions and comments. If you're listening and you want to tweet out a question, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll get to it in a future episode. All right, we're going to just jump right into it with Astonishing X-Men number 59. Astonishing X-Men number 59, written by Marjorie Liu, with art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. I'm going to take another second to just say, it is so awesome. And uh, just the angular shapes he does, and the Sienkiewicz taken to another level. It's, 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 it's like clean Bill Sienkiewicz, if that makes any sense. Yes, Bill Sienkiewicz, it does. You know, very chaotic. This is like kind of the very... Outside the box art of Bilson Kevitz, but in a much more clean, sequential way. They're both beautiful in their own way. This is a prelude to the extermination crossover. We have the various members of the Astonishing X Men dealing with some personal issues. North Star is about to get deported. Goes and talks to She Hulk about that. Uh, but mainly, the X Men are looking for Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler, and we see what that cat has been going through since Uncanny X Force, as well as get a peek into. What Wolverine's mindset is as far as how to deal with Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler. This is going to de- lead into a crossover between Astonishing X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, and Extreme X-Men. Crosses a bunch of different dimensions and is going to involve all sorts of hijinks and universes being threatened and big stuff. This is kind of a closer personal issue that shows you the personal stakes of that big, big story coming up. Over in Avengers Arena number five, we've got more crazy chaos mayhem and all the good stuff with these kids stuck in Arcade's new murder world business. Uh, this one is really great because we get into the Braddock Academy, which we were I, was the Braddock Academy a thing before nope. Avengers Arena? It's brand new. It's great, and so everybody's been clamoring for more information on who these kids are, where they come from, what the deal is. We get some insight into Kid Britain, his relationship with Captain Britain, where he comes from. And then a bunch of the other students there and what their deal is uh, together. Lots of cool stuff. We also get uh, a little insight into Death Locket and where she is uh, falling into things and what part she plays with the other characters. Big reveals in this issue. Yeah. You find out who's been attacking people mysteriously. Yeah. You find out what's happened to certain characters. Uh, it's written by Dennis Hopeless, who's doing a great job. Art is incredible by Kev Walker. And I was like five or six pages into it. And I had to flip back to the credits page to see who was doing the coloring. It's Frank Martin, who's doing just a whiz-bang job. So good. Love this series. Or an Avenging Spider-Man, number 17, written by Mr. Chris Yost, who I was happy to see just a couple weeks, uh, weeks ago, with art by Paco Medina. Uh, it's a really cool story. You've got Spidey dealing with the Future Foundation kids. Uh, he has to essentially be babysitter with them, and it was a hoot as he dealt with all their craziness and really 
because he is Otto Octavius inside Spider-Man's body, uh, a little bit of a, a kindred relationship with Bentley, the, yeah, nice. the evil clone of the wizard. Who is uh, in the care of the Future Foundation? But evil but, jerks getting along. Yeah, lots of evil jerks. Some future stuff and yeah, I was, I was waiting. Death's head. Yeah, yeah, you got to build up to it. Death's head is a big deal. He gets a full uh, splash page. He to does. Himself. Because he's like 50 feet tall. Yeah. I love Death's Head. It's not Death's Head two either. This is the original. I know. Yes. When's the last time we saw Death's Head two? Um, in the 90s, I think. Yeah, I think we're the only two people who actually like Death's Head 2. That's not true, because uh, listener JNA Comics sent me the full run of Death Head, Death's Head 2. Which is a great limited series yep. from Marvel UK in the early 90s. Desk. Really, really good. Uh, but, I mean, the original Death's Head, everybody is... He says JNA Studios. I know I got that name wrong. Sure. Whatever. Uh, also, we get a... a Appreciate a, it. A, a very... Important move for Superior Spider-Man in this issue, uh, which this is a great compliment book to Superior Spider-Man. You should read them both because you get a larger picture, but you don't need to read one to enjoy the other. Deadpool Illustrated number two, written by Colin Bunn, art by Matteo Loli. Deadpool is continuing to stalk his way through the classics, the classic literature figures, uh, with the theory that if he can kill these tropes that have inspired so many other characters he can kind of kill off the marvel universe and everyone inspired for good uh in this issue he takes on captain ahab he takes on tom sawyer in a hilarious one-page sequence he goes up against uh the headless horseman takes on dracula like classic dracula and in the fight everyone has been clamoring for it's deadpool versus little women um, that was that was hilarious. That Those was are hilarious. a really good couple pages. And little women hold their own. Yeah. Um, what I was with my two favorite things about this were definitely that there's a little device that Cullen's starting to use where, as Deadpool's fighting some of these characters, he, they start to flash and turn into Marvel Universe characters that they have inspired potentially. So like Ahab, who spends his whole life chasing down this impossible monster, becomes Red Hulk, who is General Ross. So that's a clever little bit. And then there's a big team that Sherlock Holmes gathers at the end from other fictional characters from history that are going to be the ones trying to take out Deadpool for the rest of the series. So a lot of neat little touches. Cullen Bunn, just just so smart. So much smarter than the rest of us. It's true. Over to FF number four, written by Matt Fraction, with art by Mike Allred and colors by Laura Allred. We got another great Future Foundation-focused issue where the kids now deal with the replacement FF characters, Scott Lang, She-Hulk, Medusa, and she Ms. Thing? Ms. Thing. Ms. Thing. Ms. Not Thang. Ms. Thing. Uh, tons of really cool stuff going on here. You've got Bentley, the character we were talking about before, the evil clone, teaming up with the Moloid characters, the little kids, and it's just antics, 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 as She-Hulk goes on a date with Wyatt Wingfoot, it's just terrific. It's just this is one of the best Valentine's Day issues that we've done. That isn't a Valentine's Day issue. It was re- really terrific, and it's like two weeks later. Uh-huh. But it was, it was a whole lot of fun, and it's gorgeously illustrated. A lot of cool stuff going on, uh, and there's a bunch of panels that I want to put up on Tumblr as soon as uh, the issue comes out. Really, really good. Super Wait, fun. She's not out yet. I always I forget that we're in the future. I know. Yeah. It's Tuesday. And there's a full page oh, yeah. of dancing. She-Hulk and Wyatt Wingfoot dancing. And it shows you how to dance, if you look close enough. Look, there's uh, the steps. There's footprints and there's arrows. From what I know, that is how to dance. 
Obviously, neither of us knows how to dance, but terrific, terrific stuff. And uh, as we further along, a bunch of the subplots that are going on through FF amidst all this cool, fun wackiness. I love it. Gambit number nine, written by James Asmus, art by Clay Mann. I love this is my favorite issue of Gambit so far. Me too. All right, let's let's set this up. Gambit has been, if you've been following this series, catch up real quick. He was involved in the first arc with this lady thief, Joel, who intrigued him and then betrayed him and then kissed him and then there was all this stuff going on. Then he got diverted a little. He got basically blackmailed by this crime lord who he stole something from, so he had to go and commit crimes in England. He had a great issue in the Savage Land. All sorts of stuff going on. So now it picks up the narrative and he's like, all right, I'm going to go track down this lady thief because I think there's something up with her. It gets into that whole kind of gambit, roguish, you know, I want to save the damsel in distress, even though she's really not a damsel in distress, kind of the heart of Gambit's character. But the cool thing here is to find her, he has to go with the all new, all different, all better, bar with no name, classic staple to Marvel Universe. It's the bar where all the villains hang out. It's the club with no name now. Oh, no, but it's now the club with no name, because it used to just be this dingy bar where all the villains would gather. It would always be like in the middle of nowhere. Angar the Screamer yep. was the bartender back in the day. Uh, oh, and, I loved it. And as they point out in this issue, whenever they would have a bar like in the middle of nowhere, like the Punisher or someone would just come and just massacre all of them. So they have now made it into a Manhattan nightclub where the like chic beautiful people want to go and hang out so the whole deal is you know no no hero is going to come and bust them up while they've got all these civilians with them so they're free to just live in excess so it's just this it's this villain nightclub and james Aspen just has a blast because he's got all these great cameos from guys like batrock the leaper from boomerang from tiger shark ruby tuesday so many of my favorite weirdo characters were in here just as wallpaper but also they get great speaking parts and Joel is there making a deal with Tombstone, another villain that I love. And so Gambit decides, all right, I'm going to go into this bar and I'm going to find out what the deal is with her. I love the fact that also, rather than go in in his new kind of like laid down like black duds because people will think he's trying to steal something, he wears his, as he acknowledges it, like loud, obnoxious 90s X-Men outfit with all the pink and all the purple, and he just comes blazing in, and they're like, oh, all the villains are like, oh, that's Gambit. He's not really a good guy. He's he's kind of a jerk. He's a thief. We have nothing to worry about from him. And all the ladies are like, oh, I'd let him handcuff me anytime. That's an actual line from the book. And that's how <laughs> it was said. Um, so anyways, he tries to uh, pull Joelle out of the situation. She does not want to be pulled out of the situation. She's working her own angle. She is fully capable of dealing with herself. So Gambit takes matters into his own hands, and You'd see the, the cleverness and the ingenuity of Gambit um, and how he extracts her from this bar full of villains and it doesn't go totally according to plan because Gambit is not a master strategist, but he's clever enough. There's also a cameo a lot of people have been asking for where he has a quick phone call with Rogue, which could lead to more stuff down the line. But this was just a smart, funny issue with a really tense reveal at the end. But also, this is... Just Clayman at his finest. Uh, his gambit looked crisp. His ladies looked beautiful. His dudes looked handsome. And just, he takes the most of the fact that he's drawing this setting where literally every other head is a recognizable or semi-recognizable Marvel Comics character. So it's just, it brings me back to fun issues I like from when I was a kid where they would, you know, just go and 
go to these settings where there was a million superheroes, whether it was like the AIM Weapons Expo or uh, other stories with a bar with no name. So really fun issue, moving the story along, incredible art, good insight into Gambit as a character. My favorite issue of Gambit so far, and really just a good comic this week. It was. You guys know I do not like Gambit. No. That book was terrific. Yeah, that it was, was really, really good. From one really good book to another, uh, the highly anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy 0.1 issue. So this is the prologue to the whole series. It is written by Brian Michael Bendis. We have pencils by Steve McNiven, John Dell on arts, Justin Ponzor on colors. That is an all-star team, and they step up to the plate big time. This whole issue is the origin of Peter Quill, Star-Lord. Now, if you've read any interviews on Marvel.com with Brian Bendis about Star-Lord, he loves his character, and the thing he loves about him is he has this great origin story. Ryan called it maybe like the best Marvel origin story since Spider-Man, and no one really knew it because it was like an eight-page story in Marvel premiere back in the 70s where they just kind of like got it out of the way and then launched this outer space hero. So what Bendis does here is he takes a full issue and expands and modernizes the story of Peter Quill, which is that he's this kid who, well, it starts before he was even around because it's his mom lives in this quiet town, this alien crash lands in her backyard, they have a love affair, uh, the alien goes back to space because he is the ruler of a space empire, and from their love is grown i'm not going to explain it to you because we have a underage person in the room yeah Yeah. um underage overage um peter quill this kid comes out and he flash forward a few years he's this kid with this innate sense of wanting to do the right thing you know he saves this girl from a bully but he's also got a lot of angst he's got a lot of issues he's a hothead yeah his, his dad's not around and he not only that his mom presumably tells him stories of, oh yeah, the reason your dad's not around is because he's in outer space. He's, you know, he's, he's the king of an outer space empire, and he doesn't believe a word of it. Um, Been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we get the story of the Badoon coming down, and uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but basically we find out how Peter Quill has his first interactions with aliens, how he gets his first weapon, what happens with his mother how his relationship with his father is formed, and that all brings us full circle to him with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I've always, since I was introduced to him in the first Annihilation book, liked Peter Quill, liked Star-Lord. He's just quippy, you know, kind of devil-may-care hero. Stuff like this is why, and, you know, Advent and Lanning did a great job just making this cool, likable character. Bendis is taking it to the next level, really getting inside this guy's head. He clearly loves this character, and this is what it's going to make people love this character. It just humanizes him. He's really likable, um, but he's got some meat to him. Uh, it's, it's a character with places to go. I've read some of the scripts coming out. Uh, he is going to continue to be the focus. And this story, if you read this and aren't going to want to read Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I, I don't know, you know? It's just like it's this perfect Earth-set story that shows you how this series and Nova are going to blend Earth and the cosmic universe, so they're not two faraway things. They're very together, working in concert. Uh, it's just a beautiful story. And any time we get to see Steve McNiven doing sequential pages is a delight, and this is him at full form with a great anchor and a great colorist behind him. Everything looks beautiful. You know, just the quiet scenes 
with um, Peter's parents, the technology, and then the Badoon, and the, the violence, and the, how awesome the Guardians look at the end. Can't ask for a lot more from a setup issue, and this is going to set up one of the best series of the year. Hell yeah. From that, over to <laughs> Hawkeye, number eight. Another great book this week, uh, written by Matt Fraction. Art by David Aha, uh, with some really cool pages featuring uh, art by Annie Wu, doing these really cool single-page illustrations. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth, uh, and a really terrific lettering job by Chris Eliopoulos. And I make a point to say everybody's credits for this book, because everything is its all one force being put together behind Hawkeye. It's really important uh, looking at this as one team behind this book because it's a very singular vision and it's incredible. You got the return of a character from a previous issue. This, uh, this bad luck lady for for Clint. She's got more bad luck in store for him. Uh, she keeps her clothes on most of the time in this issue, uh, as does Clint. Uh, you get craziness with the th- with three ladies in Clint Barton's life. Um, his former present and on again off again what's with the 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 cards so that there's a there's a panel where yeah. uh black widow mockingbird and spider woman have cards on their heads that's like a game right like you put the card they were probably playing a game in avengers mansion some sort of some parlor game here's 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 more to my point i think yeah they play that game in inglorious bastards where they do like imitations and stuff okay my point was why is Hawkeye, why are Hawkeye and his current girlfriend hanging out with, of all people, of all the Avengers they know, they're like, hey, let's have a game night with your ex-wife and your other ex-girlfriend. To be fair, that's only the ones you see. Okay. That doesn't mean anyone else isn't there. I took it to why mean... Why did the three of them come out together? Because Clint walks I love up, this issue, yeah. but it, like, that, you, it baffled me. Clint walks away to, to answer the door, yeah. and you hear a woman talking. You know, All oh, three true. of them are going to be like, uh-oh, what that's is this true. jerk up to now? That's true. Boom, that's what happens. It was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic, it was but was I, was like, I was like, why of all people would you play a card game with these three? Clint. Yeah. So you get into all this stuff, and you get wrapped again in all this drama with this character who I don't even know her name. They She mentions that her name is Cherry, but that's not her name. called Cherry in the first issue. Yeah. It's not her real name. She says it's not her real name. Duh, duh, duh. Uh, but they go to where all the tracksuits are. Uh, the tracksuits being the villains of the of the series. Freaking tracksuits. Terrific. Funny stuff. Crazy stuff. And then it gets heavy. Yeah. By the end, it gets super heavy with the main tracksuit guy more drama with Clint and quote-unquote Cherry, and then the end, two pages where David Aha changes oh, yeah. direction a ton, and it goes really dark. It's terrific stuff. I mean, this I, is like a little Frank Miller homage. Right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely some Frank Miller aspects to this, especially if you look at Kingpin's face. Yep. That's what I was specifically thinking. Yeah, really great stuff. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about this book every damn time it's out and how much we love it, but it's great. Over to Journey to Mystery, number 649, written by Catherine Eminen, art by Valerio Schiti, with colors, amazing colors by Jordi Belair, uh, and a great job on letters and production by Clayton Cowles, who, at the end of the book, there's a really fun interview between Clayton and Jordi that I suggest you all read after you finish the book. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it actually gives you insight into what these folks do on the book and their creative process, all that good stuff. But anyway, Sif, the main character of this book, links up with Superior Spider-Man in the midst of all kinds of monsters being unleashed upon the Earth. There's lots of wackiness in Manhattan as Sif and Spidey deal with these just 
awful, gross spider creatures, these spider men things. Uh, but then they have to go around. You, you get scenes. I love all these cameos. Yeah, yeah, scenes from around the world with all these cameos, even in outer space, all these cameos of other monsters who are attacking various places. So and These are real Marvel monsters. Yeah. From like the old school Kirby era. Probably Journey into Mystery or, oh, yeah. or you know, yeah. like I would imagine they pulled them from... I definitely recognize Sprague, the living dirt hill or whatever he's called. Yeah. yeah. I just remember seeing his picture in a book when I was a kid. Gondula, the living pharaoh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. There's, that guy I'd never heard of. I yeah, but still. I've heard of. The Emperor of Mars. I've heard the name. I've heard the, the phrase, yep. the Emperor of Mars. And I've read these in like handbooks and stuff. Yeah. But you get, you know, Monica Rambeau, you get Hellcat, you get Namor. Uh, there's it's cool the, to see Catherine Newman writing Hellcat. Yeah, uh, there's a terrific oh, yeah. one page in Japan, in Tokyo, uh, just... There's, yeah, that's pretty funny. The book does a really great job of being laugh-out-loud funny, terrifyingly gross yeah, and, and disturbing at times, really gory, uh, incredibly action-packed, and at times heartwarming because of the, the things that Sif and the supporting characters, her other Asgardians, or Sif and her brother Heimdall, all their interactions and what, they, you know, what they're getting into, it's... This is, without a doubt, one of my favorite books. I highly suggest you get on this. Um, yeah. Oh, I've, every, I want 12 issues a month of that book. All right, we're going to dip into the All Ages Corner, which Blake Garris is not here for. Why is Blake Garris not here? I don't... What did he say? He gave some reason. He said he's busy. I think he's finalizing a podcast. Maybe. I don't know. No, he gave like a, like a dramatic, not true reason, but I forget what it was. That much. That's all right. We have Elaine. Right? Yeah. Pretty useless, huh? Wow. <laughs> You're pretty useless or Blake is pretty useless? <laughs> no, not Blake. Wow. Blake's nice. Blake is nice. Mm. I don't know. All you, right, let's keep you, going. You need to get to know him more. Uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number 11. We got two big stories here. First one is written by Chris Heliopoulos, our buddy, with Ramon Box. This is actually really fun. Um, it is Peter Parker is trying to tutor Luke Cage in... Physics, so he needs to teach him Newton's laws, and Luke Cage isn't learning them with Peter telling him to them. So they go out and fight the Prowler, who looks awesome, and Peter demonstrates as Spider-Man the three laws of uh, Newton, or Newton's three laws to the Prowler. I remember I made a video on Newton's laws when I was in high school that showed how they applied in pro wrestling, and I got a C. And it was... (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was an awesome video. Meanwhile, in the other story, drawn again by Ramon Vox, written by Brian Clevenger, we have Peter again with Luke Cage and now Danny Rand. They're out for a jog because they missed gym class because they were stopping a jewel heist, which Luke and Danny are giving Peter a hard time about, which seems really wrong. They're like, why'd you make us stop that jewel heist? Now we have to run laps. Well, because jewels would have gotten stolen, jerks. Anyways, because of running laps... They're under the Mad Thinker, who is conducting an experiment in their school because he figures a high school would be the last place anyone would look for a supervillain. Bad news, Mad Thinker. That is where S.H.I.E.L.D. is based, and that's where heroes are. And they end up fighting an android football team uh, and having to basically play them in football and beat them. This is a really fun book, and <laughs> it was nice getting a crash course in uh, Newton's Three Laws of Physics because I'd, I'd forgotten them. Yeah. So, good Tom Brennan edited book. Elaine, you should read this because mm-hmm. you don't know about... There's a baby in the back that's adorable. Physics. There is also a little kid in the back dressed as Spider-Man 
See, you contributed by. Come here. Aww. He, he's adorable. All right, you go. You go move right. that baby. We'll keep going here. <laughs> Over to Punisher War Zone number five, the final part of this awesome limited series, written by Greg Rucka, art by Carmine D.G.N. Domenico, great colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, you know, we've been following this arc. We've been following Punisher's great run over the last year and a half, two years, whatever it's been. And it's come to a head. Punisher versus the Avengers, full on in this issue. But it's really Punisher taking on the Avengers in order to distract them from not taking care of uh, Sergeant Cole Alves, putting her in uh, in jail or away or wherever they're going to do with her. He wants her to have the opportunity to get out and do what she's going to do. Um, it's great story. There's a really cool Captain America Punisher moment in here. A lot of fun stuff. Violent as all get out. And then a last page, which was awesome. Really, really dug it. And, you know, we I've talked about this many times, how everything gets spoiled for us. And I had the story spoiled for me a long time ago. They changed it. They changed it. Yeah. Which and I it like. made me really happy. Yeah. Not, not that I, it wasn't what I was expecting in the sense that, like, oh, it, I was surprised. But in the sense that the outcome was the way it finishes made me really happy. It was great. Yeah, because I remember you spoiled that for me. And then we both didn't get spoiled. So everybody Yay! wins. Everybody wins. Uh, speaking of Punisher being violent, Thunderbolts <laughs> number five, written by Daniel Way, uh, art by Steve Dillon. Parents, probably don't let your kids read this book because it is brutally, horribly I violent. read it on the subway this morning. <laughs> There's blood on every page. Oh, yeah. Whether it's coming out of the leader's nose, whether it's coming out of the side of this guy's head. See, check that out, Elaine. Yeah. It's like that baby in the Spider-Man. Aww. Uh, <laughs> I'm just to fool her into looking at the thing. Anyways, the Thunderbolts are still in Katajaya. They're wrapping things up there. They've deposed the dictator. They have dealt with Madman. And now they are kind of gathering up the insurgents, which leads to this crazy bloody rampage that Punisher and Elektra go on, which leads to an unexpected moment between them. Uh, General Ross has drained his Red Hulk power. I don't even know where the bloods, bullets are coming out of in this page. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every orifice. Um, and... Venom helps out as well. He does his part. Deadpool has a fantastic moment. You remember why you love Daniel Way right in Deadpool, where he brings Madman before the uh, Rebels and tries to figure out what to do there. And we also have the character Mercy being introduced and interacting with the leader, who now has his powers back, figuring out how to use them thanks to Red Hulk. So next issue is going to wrap up this first story arc with some intrigue between Deadpool, Elektra, and Punisher, and also Venom possibly double-crossing the team. We're not really sure what he is up to here, but he's got something going on with Madman. And I'm sure there will be a lot more shooting and violence. Maybe some, some good times between Maybe. Punisher and Electra. Yeah. That, that's the balance. Ultimate Comics X-Men number 23, written by Brian Wood, art by Carlo Barberi, Don Ho, and Jesus Abratov. Uh, this is a cool flashback issue, finding out what happened to Colossus and Storm in between all the craziness when um, the Sentinels descended upon all the mutants and Utopia. So there's a little bit of a, a bridge gapping, gap bridging uh, going on here. Yeah. Uh, I really love this Greg Land cover. This pop art style Andy Warhol bit. Greg Land did that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, with, uh, awesome. yeah it's great. With um, Storm shaving her head and the Mohawk. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Fun issue. Yeah, very cool. And then over in Uncanny Avengers number four, big, big issue. It is the finale of the first arc of Uncanny Avengers, 
written by Rick Remender, art by John Cassidy and Laura Martin, who really go all out. Larry Molinar helps out on the colors there as well, but beautiful issue. This is just a big old fight issue where we've got the Uncanny Avengers taking on the Red Skull, but the Red Skull also has Thor under his control, so you have fights like Scarlet Witch and Havoc going up against Thor. you got Captain America trying to maintain his mind in the face of Red Skull's new psychic powers. Uh, the Avengers find some clever ways to outmaneuver more powerful foes, but this is just like really powerful people just unleashing huge force against one another, and Cassidy draws the hell out of it. You're really starting to see the cool quirks in the Uncanny Avengers team, whether it's Havoc stepping to his leadership position, Captain America doing classic Captain America stuff, but also falling a little short, uh, Rogue coming out of nowhere. This page where Red Skull is showing oh. uh, a potential future, and we oh. get a Days of Future Past homage. Can't even handle it. There's a lot of neat little art tricks. Scarlet Witch showing how badass powerful she is. I love this page where Scarlet Witch and Havoc combine their powers. I'm just basically like walking bit through bit. Between Red Skull's psychic powers and other stuff, we get to see a lot of potential glimpses of the future. But this book's also super dark. Like, there were consequences to this first arc. I'm not going to say whether Red Skull gets defeated or not, but stuff happened. Like, people died, and terrible stuff happened in New York, and there's some good that comes out of it at the end. Uh, there's a great Captain America Cassidy page here, but this is... Things are dark right now, and the Uncanny Avengers are kind Wait, of... Wait, hold on a second. What? Things are dark in a Rick Remender comic? Yeah, I know. What happened? Believe it or not. He stepped it up another game. It's like, it was like, you know, he's like how he tortures all his characters on a personal level and stuff like anything. He's like, oh, I'm writing a flagship book. I should torture everybody. Civilians, buildings, everything. Everyone needs to suffer. Um, by the end, the Uncanny Avengers have kind of emerged as this glimmer of hope that they're working together, X-Men and Avengers are working together, and it's like, okay, maybe things will be okay. Thor and Wolverine have a conversation with them. We're like, you know what? Maybe things can be okay. Wait a minute. Let's flash forward three months from now. Lost my... This was amazing. The last two pages of this comic... flip this table over right now. freaking crazy. I can't even begin. All I can tell you is Havoc, Scarlet Witch, and Sunfire are in a future. It's just three months away. That is, does not resemble our own world at all. Things have gone horribly bad. Prophecies. This is all the stuff that remember was so good at in Uncanny X Force, setting up these long stories. But you see the corpse of one character who I never thought I'd see here. And you flip the page and you see the last boom thing you ever expected to see. Boom. Um, tweet us and let us know what you think. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna end it there. I. That I was, knew that was coming. Like in, I didn't in know the, it was coming it, now. Right. It, but in, in the yeah. broad sense, like I knew this, what we know the story that's coming. Mm-hmm. It hit me like like a Mike Tyson punch across the face. Right. Boom. Knocked all were, my teeth out. As if you were Lil Mac. Yeah. And Mike Tyson's punch yeah. out. And you can't. Getting knocked out. Yeah. You can't handle that. that was, yeah. That was one of those things where I knew long-term vague plans yep. for this. Did not know it was coming so soon, so that page oh, was... Oh, God. Feels so big. good. Feels big. Uh, it because should. it is big. It is big. All right. 
You want more uncanny? We got more uncanny. So much uncanny. So way. much uncanny. We're in uncanny X-Force territory. Written by Sam Humphreys. Art by Ron Garney and a crew of awesome artists. And I gotta say, this book pisses me off because it only comes out once a month. Yeah. It's, we don't get enough issues of this damn book. It's so gorgeous. It's only it's, two issues. I know! <laughs> I want ten! Come on! There's so many fun things going on here. You've got uh, Storm and Puck teaming up to take on Spiral. You've got Psylocke beating everybody up. And, like, I love what Sam does with her powers in this issue. Oh, oh no! No! What? Is going on in we here. We are into the uncanny section. I heard shouting of yeah. uncanny, uncanny, yeah. uncanny. Well, we were talking about uncanny Avengers first. Oh. Which, which, I, know you don't, <laughs> which I know you don't care for. But now we're well, on... Let me take care of that. Wow. Oh, you just threw it on that's, the floor. That's Cirilli's comic. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but now we're into the Uncanny X-Force. Nick Lowe, Uncanny Foley section. artist. Yes. Yeah. That is X-Men uh, junior editor Nick Lowe. Oh, sorry, senior editor. Who knows, after sorry. this week, you know. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we man. We're I was saying how I'm pissed off at this book because it only comes out once a month. Right? And it's, Uncanny X-Force should be out every week. For up to you, Nick. Yeah, it, it would be daily. <laughs> daily. It would be daily. Can we do daily one-page... Uncanny X Force strips on the site. Boom. <laughs> Approved. Let's go. Of course we can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Isn't it's so it awesome. Good. It's so great. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you guys are digging it. It's been a ton of fun to work with. Ron Garney. How yeah. about that guy? Oh man. Yeah. And Shump, Sam Humphreys. That guy <laughs> can write some dialogue, yeah. eh? It's a lot of. I, and I was saying right when you barged in that I love what Psylocke, what he's done with Psylocke and her powers mm-hmm. and her attitude within this book, yeah. uh, the way she's using her powers. She uses her of, psychic knife, which is the totality of her powers, which he says in the caption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still get the there. butterfly. And you get her manipulating. Like there's the page where she makes the guy think oh, yeah. that he's you know in a video like, game. A video yep. game. Oh, it's terrific. There's yep. all kinds of fun stuff in here. And then Bishop, what the hell? Yep, intense. Intense stuff. Nick, uh, be honest. We've all met Sam Humphreys. You know, nice enough guy. Yeah. But how much of this was just your idea and you just told him what to do? Uh, it, a lot of it was uh, ramblings late late yeah. nights when we were hanging out together. Yeah. Um, we, we'd often go on vision quests. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Into the mountains. Yep. Mountains. We, we, we'd sit in a hot house for hours and then go on a vision quest. <laughs> you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Nick, tell me about Uncanny X-Men number two. Uncanny X-Men number two, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, more and more surprises as we go on there. Yes. How about that last page of that issue? It was pretty awesome. Let me flash back to it. Oh, yeah. Face to face with the Avengers. Yeah, the Avengers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Too late. Chris Pachalo Avengers. You can't put a spoiler alert after you spoil something. <laughs> you know, we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Focus oh. on Emma Frost in this issue. Yep. I feel. I, How about the, uh, I, I like the twist with she's now projecting her thoughts instead of hearing people's thoughts. Yeah. Take that. She's having some power problems. Yeah. She's yeah. having some pretty major power problems. Magic's great in this issue. Yeah, she <laughs> is. a lot of fun. Wait till next issue. She does some awesome, awesome stuff. You wow. love magic. I love magic. She is She is becoming, uh, uh, for those for those who didn't know, for a long time she was gone. She was dead. Yep. She was out of the X-Books. Right. Uh, she came back in, in that new X-Men book, that awesome new X-Men, Craig Cochris, Yost, Scotty Young arc. Mm-hmm. She's been back ever since, and she was a pretty big focus in Kieran's run. She's going to be an equally big focus in Brian's run on Uncanny. Uh, you, you're see, you just see her a little bit in those first three issues, uh, first three, four issues. You, like She plays a supporting role. She plays 
a, a really major role after that uh, that will blow everybody away. We just got some new design stuff in. Mm. Ooh. We sent it around. Uh, artist Fraser Irving. Nice. Um, sweetness as well. As if she didn't just have a redesign recently, but uh, when you see the story <laughs> stuff, what's going on there, it's going to blow your mind. Very cool. Um, but heck yeah, but you guys enjoy yourselves. Hey. I'm going to go do some actual work as opposed okay. to, I don't know, whatever uh, as opposed this, to this? Is, this you're is, doing. This is, yeah. you know, we're making a lot of money. <laughs> Indeed. When, my, my, so my, my Your residuals. Yeah, we're working on it. We just need to iron out some contract stuff. Sounds perfect, good. guys. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah, as, as well as you should. should. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. See That's whirlwind X Men senior yeah. editor Nick Lowe. You see how I got him to cover any X Men. Boom, done. It's now back to you. All right, X Men Legacy number six by Cy Spurrier. Who? Oh my God, he's just. I want to get into his brain and wonder what's mm. going on around. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. But writer Cy Spurrier is amazing. Art by Jorge Molina is amazing. Great inks, great colors, cool stuff. You you get. I guess this is sort of the wrap up of the first arc uh, where yeah. Legion has been. You know, helping out these kids. He's been dealing with the floating eyes. He's been dealing with the X Men. A great sentence. I know. Dealing with the floating eyes. Dealing with the uh, hundreds of superpowered crazies in his crazy person head. It's wonderful. You've got bamps. You've got unexpected twists. You've got unexpected turns. You've got all kinds of cool stuff. You've got. I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything more. It's a whole lot of fun. X Men Legacy is terrific. All right, winding down, we've got Extreme X-Men number 11, written by Greg Pak, with art by Steven Segovia, a little help from Raul Valdez. The Extreme X-Men are on a world where it's kind of tough to see what's going on. You learn the alternate history of this world, and it's like the British Xavier. I'm going to try my best here, because Greg Pak's much smarter than me. Um, the British Xavier, who is on this world, basically affiliated with the Nazi party to save England, but didn't really believe in the Nazi beliefs, and then punched out Adolf Hitler, but kept the Nazi insignia, so he's kind of, and and the world loves him, because he kept order, and he's kind of a Nazi, but not really a Nazi, but you know, Nazi's a Nazi, and then Namor, (laughs) uh, there was some war with Atlantis, and Namor got really pissed because the Nazis killed a bunch of Atlanteans, so we've got Crazy Namor versus Nazi Xavier with the Extreme X-Men caught in the middle, and they've got to fulfill their quest of trying to take all the ill Xaviers. It comes off a lot better in the book than I am <laughs> explaining it. It is definitely a very much more interesting story. But, you know, Nazis. What can you do? Punch them in their damn faces is what you can do. That's, that's what they do here. That's yeah. Namor does. And Dazzler. Um, finally, Young Avengers number two. Oh, this is a great, great book. Uh, first of all, they start out with a take on Tumblr, which I know you probably love. They got their own little version oh, of Tumblr so called great. Yambler, um, and that's how they do the recap. And we've got that whole page. Yeah. I have to put on on our Tumblr as soon as possible. It's gonna be really meta if yeah. you put Yambler on Tumblr. That's but what I do. Karen Gillan doing the writing. Jamie McKelvey assisted by Mike Norton on the art. Wiccan has brought Hulkling's mom back from the dead. There are consequences. Creepy, creepy, weird consequences. This book has such a weird feel to it. It's appropriately, given the creators, it's like the quirky British version of every other comic you've read. Um, So, basically, Hulkling's mom has come back wrong. And she is doing something to the other adults around them, including Wiccan's parents, but also including the Avengers. And... 
the way Jamie McKelvey kind of plays with art here, whether it's uh, Wiccan spells, whether it's this prison that they get locked in at some point, uh, the way that Hulkling's mother gets deconstructed at one point, it's beautiful, beautiful art, creepy story, and then Loki gets involved. And as you guys know, Kieran Gillen writes a fantastic Loki. Even better here, interactions with Wiccan and Hulkling are fantastic, and by the end of the book, they're back at Asgard as these guys have to figure out how to fix this huge problem they've unleashed on the world. Uh, it's hard to really encapsulate this book because it really is its own thing, but pick up issue one and two, and you're really going to enjoy the ride. And we have come to the end of a lengthy week of comics. Man. A lot of good comics. Um, ah, so many good books! I'll, I'll kick us off. I'm going to say a shout-out to the first three books I read this week were the three Uncanny books, and they were all excellent. Uh, I saw that. You read that on your yeah, Friday train. That was my Friday train ride. Um, Gambit, out of nowhere, to just dominate. I mean, Gambit's a, a fun little book, but this book, this issue was just above and beyond, and I really liked Gambit. But I'm going to give my Twim of the Week to Guardians, just because I think that is the ground floor of something really cool and really special. So Guardians of the Galaxy point one gets my Twim of the Week. I don't know what to do. There's too many books. I've heard that from you a lot. Guardians of the Galaxy, Hawkeye, Journey into Mystery, Young Avengers, Uncanny X-Force, Uncanny Avengers. That's Brian breathing. <sighs> Translate to you guys at home. You know what? What? Journey into Mystery. Journey into Mystery. Oh, that's mine. Journey that's my twim. Okay. You don't have to threaten me. You will read that book, um, twim listeners. Elaine, based on the descriptions you just heard, what book would you be most interested to read? Uh, I'm a huge X-Men fan, so I kind of just want to read all the X-Men ones. All the X-Men. All right, that's cool. Especially Uncanny X-Force, though, because... Well, actually, Uncanny X-Men and Uncanny X-Force, because they both started. So I have a feeling that if I start now, I'll just like all of them. Good logic. This is true. You're, it's early on in the series. Good place to jump on board. Yeah. All right. You guys should definitely check out all of those books. All of which are available on the Marvel Comics app, but we've also got collections on sale this week. Ryan, you want to talk about them? Yeah, we've got Astonishing X-Men Volume 10 and trade paperback. Daredevil hardcover, which I don't have a name for, but it's issues 18 through 23. Yep, we've been getting a lot of those lately. Yeah, great. Marvel Masterworks Captain Marvel trade paperback, which we got in Ash Bundles last yeah. week. It's super cool. Marvel Noir, Wolverine and the X-Men trade trade paperback, which we're going to see a lot more of those mm-hmm. big noir collections. Uh, New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis hardcover. Spider-Man, The Death of Gene DeWolf trade paperback. X-Men, Wolverine Gambit, a new printing of that. Jeff Victims. Loeb. Victims, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, classic. And Extreme X-Men, Volume 1 trade paperback. Cool stuff. All right, and in addition to the stuff we already told you about on the Marvel Comics app this week, you can also get... This is the big one. This is the week that we've been waiting for. USA! Every, USA! Every chapter... You guys have asked us about this before, so this is a really exciting thing. Every chapter of Ryan and I's seminal comic story of all time, Executioner's Song, <laughs> is now available. I'm punching the air because I'm so app. excited. X-Factor, the original volume, issues 84 through 86. X-Force, original volume 16 through 18. The 1991 X-Men series... Issues 14 through 16, and Uncanny X-Men 294, 297. But wait, in addition to all 12 chapters <gasps> of Executioner's Song, you have Strife's 
strike file. Boom! A special one-shot strife in his greatest poetic ramblings talking about all the heroes and villains involved in the Executioner's song. I had this book when I was a kid. I used to, like, draw the pictures and so good. write it down and... It was incredible. Yeah. This is probably the best week in the history of the Marvel comics. The app. history of and the that's, And that's not all. Because wait, wait. But think about on, it this way. On. In the Executioner song stuff, you've got classic Jay Lee art, classic yep. Brendan Peterson art. Mm-hmm. You've got classic Andy Kubert, Andy Kubert art and cl- classic Greg, Greg Capullo, Capullo art. art. All of those dudes in one. I'm going to flip this damn table I mean, over Brandon again. Brandon Peterson's the only one who's still working in comics, but those other three yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, those other guys. Had good careers. Had good runs back in the day. Disappeared. Yeah, who knows what happened to them? But they're all very talented. Great writing, great art. We love this story. Check it out on the Marvel Comics app this week to understand why we always go so haywire crazy. <sighs> and you can also check out issues number five through eight of Thor the Mighty Avenger. Uh, issues one through six of Ultimate Comics Avengers number three. So that whole series and also that's it because everything else is new but whatever <laughs> executioner song is on the marvel comics usa app. usa <laughs> usa and you can also read collections on the marvel comics app this week incredible hulk mass wars volume 2 nova volume 5 war of kings ultimate spider-man volume 15 <laughs> silver sable <laughs> not 515 volume 15 silver sable don't edit that out just keep that it's this this is what happens wolverine goodbye chinatown x-force a force to be reckoned with and x-men the end book one i love that x-men the end has a book one dude that was like 12 books long i know it was epic amazing it was super long amazing all right now Ben, why don't you give a little insight into the new Digital yes. Comics Unlimited There's stuff. a new way that Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited works. Uh, now, rather than parceling out books two or three a day, we release all of the new releases for the week on Monday. And we now release our freshly digitized update on Monday. So you can just go and get all the books that are going to be available that week on Monday. And, Elaine, why don't you share what came out this week in Freshly Digitized? Let's see. It came out this week. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man 2011, 6 through 9. I don't even know why we have dates sometimes. Okay. Ultimate Comics X-Men. You're editorializing. Stop editorializing. Oh, Just read the thing. Sorry, sorry. Ultimate Comics X-Men 7 and 8, Uncanny X-Men 5 through 8, and X-Men Legacy 6, no, 260.1. Is that a prelude? That's, that's a thing. Okay. I'm so sorry you, I didn't read this. Yeah. Number 260.1 to 260. All right, and that is the last. That was the last time That's I the did last this. you'll hear of Oof. Elaine Gomez on this podcast. Time for news. Ben, Crazy kick show. it off. All right, we've got some comic news this week. We've got more Marvel Now stuff. As always, we've got a great four-part series by the great Brett White. This week, looking at our new Wolverine series. He talks to Paul Cornell about various facets of the character, including powers, villains, and much more. Uh, we collected from last week. A great look with Jeff Loeb with actually Mark Strom wrote this one. Mark Strom stepped Strummy. off the bench and wrote an article for me. It was actually really great. It was a three part talk with Jeff Loeb about translating Nova, Sam Alexander, from idea to television to comics. And we also had a first look at Superior Spider Man number six and ominous teasers for something called Marvel number one something called Of the Dead, and just today, we put out uh, Marvel Counts. Basically. Is that what we're calling it? That's, I'm trying to remember what, it, what we called it. You can count on Marvel, something like that. You'll know, by, you'll know by the time this goes up. It was really cool. 
it was. It you was, won't know what it really. You won't know what it is. Fully but, means, but you'll know by reading on Marvel.com what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and you'll see uh, the 52 Wolverine slash marks and get it. Um, I should clue in that sometimes if I seem a little discombobulated when I'm reading my list, it's because Ryan likes to do yoga stretches. Uh, no, I do over there. DDP yoga he does stretches. DDP yoga while I'm talking. So I'm trying to I'm trying to read as he's staring at me, going backwards and breathing heavy. And you know, there's no bigger proponent of DDP yoga than me. You could do it any time, but that's just that's why. And I also like that uh, on our little box here on the news section, Blake's name has been half shoved out of the box. Yeah, Cause, I've been because screw that guy. I've been digging into discs uh, two, three, and four. Of our DDP yoga packs, specifically disc three, has mm. stand up and strength builder. Mm-hmm. Terrific, love them. I did. I did stand up today. I'm getting good. I can stand on one leg and hold my leg That's higher okay. every time. I've been doing a lot of below the belt. Working below on, the belt, I did my, the other day. My legs, yeah. My legs below are gonna be super huge, and my arms are still gonna be tiny. Below the belt and stand up are mm. are very similar. You should check out stand up. So there you go. Cool. Twim, right. Twim Nation. All right, over to me. Uh, <laughs> talking about Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook. Captain Brayton was released on Friday. Uh, I stopped. I helped stop the uh, the team from teasing a character on Friday because I didn't want you guys to miss it. So there's more stuff coming. Right. Tons more stuff for Marvel Avengers Alliance. The spec op is over. Spec op o- is so over. You, so if you didn't get havoc, I got havoc. I got havoc. I did not get Magneto. Neither did I. I raged at the game. Yep. Yelling at it. And at Blake. And well, of course got, at Blake. Who got Magneto early on. But, good thing is, if you didn't get Magneto, you can still buy the lockboxes to mm-hmm. get Magneto at a later date. They're, yeah. they're, they're going to be there for, as far as I know, indefinitely. Definitely. But, you know, get them. Try to unlock your Magneto. I have one more comic book cover to get. Same. So, Which one do you need? I don't know. I, I need X Men uh, 1991, number one. Oh, I've got like five of those. I've gotten that so many times. Can we I want to. I wish that was. I have all the others. I would love there to be a, a trading area yeah. in the game. Yeah, community. I'll ask them about that. They'll say no. Uh, all right. Yeah, lots of fun stuff on the way. PvP tournament is is in full swing. I'm hovering at about 1.5, top 1.5 percent. Just because yeah, I do my five for the day and. Yep. and don't worry about it until the next, the last couple days. Same deal. Yep. All right. Uh, over to some uh, podcasts that are coming up. We recorded with the band Shown, who has members of Robbers and Brand New. Brand New uh, is a band I've been friends with for a very long time, uh, since we were like 15, and they were in this old band called The Rookie Lot, and we used to do all this fun stuff. But Brian Lane, who's the drummer for Brand New, is in this band Shown. It was wonderful for me to see him after... It's been a long time since I've seen him, so we got to hang out and talk. And, and you know, um, Andrew, who is in Shone, who was in this band Robbers, he's a huge Marvel fan. It was really cool. A lot of fun stuff in the talk. Uh, and actually interesting about what comics means to them. So if you guys haven't listened to that already, definitely check that out. That's our point five for this week. And later on today we have uh, Max Hernandez, who played Agent Sitwell in Marvel's The Avengers. And he's also on this great show called The Americans on FX. Max Hernandez is the only living Agent Sitwell. 
now. This is true. The comics version is dead. Yeah, make sure you ask him about that. Oh, he knows. He <laughs> no, I know he knows, but get him to open up. Yeah, about yeah. It. We will. No, and Max is a huge comic book fan, but he's also bringing Andre Royo, who played Bubbles on The Wire, and has been in a million other things. It's really cool. They're both huge comic book fans. They're coming by today for the tour and photos, and we're going to do Marvel AR and uh, This Week in Marvel that I'm going to hold for a little while. We're going to use it. Uh, we're going to release it a little bit closer to the, the release of the giant box set Phase 1 collection featuring Marvel's The Avengers. Um, but cool stuff, and we have more guests coming in all the time. I think... Next Monday, hopefully, we have Benson Henderson, UFC champion, oh, yeah. coming through. So cool. should be pretty neat. Uh, we're gonna kick it over. of UFC champions, let's go back to Mark. <laughs> Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you from the clear skies of Los Angeles, California. Well, not from the clear skies, obviously. I am not in the sky but the skies are clear here you get the point anyway you're not here to listen to me talk about the weather you are here for the latest in marvel movies tv and games news beginning with a bunch of iron man 3 news since i last spoke to you guys we have debuted three new posters for the film beginning with a character poster showing Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, and then another character poster with Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. And finally, we recently showed you a awesome new image of the film. We call it the Payoff poster. It is of Tony sort of crouching down with a bunch of a uh, bunch of different armors rising out, a bunch of different Iron Man suits rising off the water behind him. What can all that mean? I don't know. Well, yes, I do know. I can't tell you, but you will be able to learn more in about a little less than a week's time, depending on when you're listening to this, because next week, on March 5th, we will be debuting the second full trailer for the film. It's going to be very cool. It'll give you guys a sense of how it all fits together, how maybe some of those armors rising out of the water in the poster, the most recent poster you've seen, how they sort of fit in, and yeah, I can't wait for you guys to see it because I think it is incredibly exciting and I think you will really love it once you see it. So, you have that to look forward to next week. We, of course, will be talking about more then. But, in other movie news, we also gave you your first look at Spidey's new duds from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which, of course, comes out in theaters next year, 2014, so still a ways away. But they're currently filming in New York, and they, Sony has released an official image showing uh, the, new, the new costume, and... I gotta say, I really like it. They made his eyes bigger and went with sort of the white lens over it. It's very, I don't know, to me it's very reminiscent of Mark Bagley's uh, Spider-Man face from Ultimate Spider-Man. He worked on that for 110 issues and also, of course, his run on The Amazing Spider-Man back in the 90s. And 
I don't know. There are a bunch of little like tweaks to it. You should see it. See it. Compare it to the shots of the old costume, and you'll see that they uh, they really sort of tweaked it. And I don't know. I'm a fan. I I really like the new look. I can't wait to see it in action. Of course, it'll be a little while before we get to see that, but hopefully soon. Who knows? Anyway. We also have some Marvel TV news, namely that we've got another full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man up streaming for free on Marvel.com. This is Season 1, Episode 22, The Iron Octopus, in which Spider-Man and Iron Man have to team up as Dr. Octopus takes control of Tony Stark's other armors. So you get to see Iron Man fighting Iron Man. And Iron Man, and Iron Man, and Hulkbuster Iron Man, and it is very, very cool. You can check that out right now, streaming for free on Marvel.com. Just head over to our TV landing in our TV news section, and you'll be able to find it there. We've been showing off some more episodes of Marvel Mashup. This week, we started rolling out episodes based on the... Fantastic Four cartoon from the 70s, I believe. I believe that is the late 70s, 1978, maybe. I hope I'm getting that right. That that Fantastic Four cartoon starred up. And it's, uh, well, it's, you haven't quite lived until you've heard Herbie say, dollar, dollar, bill is y'all. Um, you can check out all of those episodes on our YouTube. We have a full playlist that features uh, more than 30 episodes of Marvel Mashup now. The Fantastic Four episodes begin with number 31. And we will be bringing you more of those all this week and all next week. So you can look forward to that. And finally, in games news, since we last spoke, we showed off a bunch of cool new LEGO Marvel superheroes concept art and character renders. You got to see characters like Wolverine, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Hulk, Captain America. I think there may be one or two others that I am forgetting. Loki, Thor. You got to see all of them and what they'll look like in the game and you got to look at some cool concept art for what Asgard will look like in the game for what Grand Central Terminal will look like in the game and we also showed off some concept art for a mysterious location that I cannot tell you what it is quite yet but it's all very cool all on marvel.com right now go check it out and with that that pretty much wraps up everything I've got for you this week. So I'll send you back to those fine fellows in New York. Tell them I said hello, and I will speak to you again next week. Thank you for listening, faithful ones. All right. Thank you, Mark. Now on to questions and comments again, guys. If you have any, tweet them using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You can also tweet them to at AgentM, at BenJMorse at Strami, and at Blake Garris. We'll get to him on a future episode. First up is Aljon Go at Jedi Masketeer tweets, Marvel now, shut up and take my money. All new X-Men, Avengers, Indestructible Hulk, Uncanny Avengers, Superior Spider-Man. We will always take your money, Aljon. Give it to me now. that goes to anybody out there. We will take your money happily. I... Fun fact, I love money. Yeah, no, it's that's great. True. It buys me things and stuff. That's true. I've known Ryan for a few years now, and if there's one thing I've gotten to know about him... There's, it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that he loves money. He loves puppies, too. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Oh my god, puppies. Now my mind is full of puppies. Yep. Alright, over to at redmage07, Billy Stetton tweets, What are some of the lesser known first appearance issues from the X-Men series, specifically the current mutants? Alright, that's interesting. Yeah, um, that's, 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 a, that's a thinker. That Yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, you look at Psylocke, uh, she goes back a Captain ways. Britain. Captain Britain, and then mm-hmm. you can look when she was switched, uh, her consciousness was put into the body of the ninja Quanon. That was later in the... Uncanny two- X-Men. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men, late 200s, somewhere in there. 260s, 270s, yep. Yeah. Um, who else we got? Puck would have been yeah. the beginning Alpha of Flight. Alpha Flight. Right at, the, right at the beginning. Storm is giant size X-Men number one. Uh-huh. Um, you just thinking of all the Uncanny X-Force members? Yes. That, that's what <laughs> I'm talking about right away. Uh, so, Uncanny X-Men. It's like Cyclops been around since the beginning. Yep. Magneto's been around since the beginning. Uh, Emma Frost. Emma Frost was one of his early Hellfire Club stuff. Yep. So, so probably like early one hundreds of between Uncanny between one and one fifty. It's cl- probably closer to 110, yeah. 120. And actually, Magic was around the same time she was introduced in Uncanny X Men as Colossus's little sister. Right, right. Uh, over in All New X Men, well, it's the original five X Men. They were introduced in X Men Uncanny X Men yep, number yep. one, and then Kitty Pride. Same that same area actually uh, as Emma Frost. Yeah. Same issue as Emma Frost, I think. Kitty Pride and Emma Frost yeah. viewed in the same issue. Yep, yep. And then uh in terms of Wolverine and the X Men Wolverine actually first appeared in Incredible Hulk. Yep, one eighty one. Well one eighty cameo but one eighty. Yeah. Full one eighty I remember yeah, I remember as a as a price guide guy, you yes. would you would know that. It was one eighty to one eighty one. Yep. And then uh, a lot of a lot of those characters, Giant Size X Men number one, Beast from X Men number one. So a lot of the heavy hitters right now are, you know, classic X-Men characters. Um, a lot of the newer characters introduced over the last... Yeah, I mean, Bishop is a fairly recent character. I can't X-Men 276, I want to say? Somewhere, somewhere, around, somewhere there. around there. Yeah, with, with, with the classics, Malcolm and Randall. Yep, they Malcolm all and Randall, who could be back any day now. Oh, fingers crossed. So, but I, this, is a, this is a whole episode. Yes. This is a whole episode. Yeah, we're, keep going. All right. <laughs> Good question, Billy. Uh, you know... Great. With Marvel relaunching, <laughs> another one from Red Mage 07. With Marvel relaunching many of their current books and characters, what characters are you most interested in? Most interesting? I'm going to have to throw it to Legion. Because he's such an unexplored character. He has his own book in X Men Legacy right now that I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of characters who I'm, I'm enjoying and loving reading for a lot of reasons. But Legion's a guy who, when you specifically use the term interesting, that's a that's a cat who's interesting to me. Yeah, the Guardians crew. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very inter- They're very interesting to me and in, in how they're going to fit into the scope of everything. That's yeah. big. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I mean, all right. B M Allen, eighty-seven. Benjamin Allen. When should this week in Marvel questions be in to make it to the weekly podcast? Thanks. We always say if you can get them to if you can tweet them right. on the uh, the Monday. Uh, by the Monday of that week. Yep. That's the best time. Uh, Tuesday morning, because we'll do one final sweep, p- picking up any last questions. But we tend to record Tuesday mornings uh, for a Thursday release, so that's probably the best time. But yep. if you don't make it into that Tuesday, it'll just go to the next week. And our interns are the ones who gather them, so if you don't make it, you know who to blame. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> Elaine is... They would do a pretty good job, I think. I'm glad you self-assessed yourself as doing a great job. Take everybody into consideration. You said that so fast, I don't know if any of those were words. Take everyone into consideration. Terrific. Yeah. (laughs) So if your dreams are crushed, you just heard from the dream crusher. Yeah. (laughs) All right, another one from bmallon87. Loved Hulk number four. Did anyone else know there was a Chinese version of S.H.I.E.L.D. with a giant submarine? 
I'm pretty sure only Mark Wade knew that until last week. And maybe his editor. That's all I got. Uh, one directed to Ryan from BMallon87. Thanks for your help with my digital code for Iron Man number six. Mark from support hooked me up with a new code. Thumbs up. And finally, any updates on when new Marvel Heroes game will be launched online? Uh, we asked me this for some reason. Yeah, I don't know I'm why. Let you answer it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Benjamin Marvel Heroes is targeting a spring launch, so that gives it a little bit of a wide berth. Uh, we'll see. I know that there's new content that they're talking about, uh, highlighting really soon. It's coming. It's it's very the, the launch is imminent. So fingers crossed, real soon. I was actually, I was actually tweeting with uh, Scott Porter last week. Oh yeah, some fan who uh, noticed that he was the voice of Cyclops next on anime sure is. and freaked out. And then and she and then he retweeted her, so she freaked out even more. Right. And then I replied that he was going to be the voice of Cyclops in uh, Marvel Heroes, and he said, "Yep, yeah, so excited, more Cyclops." And this girl at this point was like having a coronary. And then she said, oh, my God, I can die now. And I said, don't die. The game's not out. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sell it, Hold then. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Priorities. All right. At WasGo, Cameron Williams. Are vegans in the Marvel Universe concerned about eating sentient plants? And if so, how do they avoid them? Cameron, are vegans in the Marvel Universe that different from vegans in this universe? I don't, I don't know. Are do you we more... have a lot of sentient plants in the Marvel Universe? Sure, man. Groot. Groot's a sentient plant. Or those broccoli. He's a whole people, yeah. Those broccoli people that Jean Grey destroyed. But or I don't the, think or they the would the Kotati. Eat I, I think I think being a vegan, it, part of it is you know if you're doing it for health, that's one thing. But a lot of the vegans I've known in my life have been, you know, part of what they do it for is their beliefs to not eat, you know, living quote unquote living creatures with sent, you know, if they have thoughts and all this stuff, and that. That's great. I don't. I think they're not going to eat the broccoli people. Well, the just thing, because they're broccoli. Yeah. The thing is, most sentient plants—they're not like just you know plants on the ground who are thinking. Like they're full-on yeah. folks who are just green and have leaves as a hair. sentient plant is not just going to be like, oh, you yeah. want to eat me? Here's my head. Yeah, like you're going to have to fight that plant to eat it, yeah. and you'll probably lose yes. because they're a plant person. Uh, all right. And as a related question, is there a market for telepath certifi- certified quote unquote happy meat? I don't know what that means. That's uh, no. I'm gonna say no. no. Yeah, that sounds wrong. <laughs> All right. At Dreamy Robot tweets: Nova was so good. Here's a toast to Cosmic Marvel. You're here. I'm toasting my water bottle. Uh, my 32 ounces of coffee is almost done. All right. Another one from Centurion Joe. He says: Concerning Nova, in parentheses, loved it. Will we find out how the core is in operation? Because at the conclusion of the Thanos Imperative, World Mind shut down, and every trainee and every other Centurion was depowered. I miss Rich Rider. I certainly feel your pain on missing Rich Rider, Centurion Joe. And, you know, that story's still open-ended. We've seen Star-Lord and Thanos are back from the cancer, so we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as how the Nova Corps are still functioning, number one, you got to remember that the Black Novas that Sam, uh, Sam Alexander is a part of are kind of a offshoot faction. So there's no telling how they kept their powers, but I'm sure Jeff Loeb will be getting into the wider infrastructure of the Nova Corps and what's going on. There. I would imagine you also see get information about that from Bendis and Guardians yep. as well. It's yep. all part so, of that. The scope. Nova Corps has not been forgotten. Obviously, Sam is part of a bigger thing that I know Jeff's excited to explore. Yeah. Um, all right, over to Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99. He says, Booyah, just recruited Captain Britain in Marvel Avengers Alliance. Use him with Psylocke for bonuses of Excalibur, British Invasion, and Lion. You can cool. also, uh, 
I found out yesterday using with Kitty Pride, you get Excalibur. Nice. I would imagine with Nightcrawler as well. Yeah, I would imagine. Captain Britain's awesome. He's great. You taught, taught, told me to start using him yesterday, and I have like, I have him on like level two, and he's already better than some of the guys I have on level twelve. Because he starts with five on yeah. attack and defense. It's nuts. He's super strong. Yeah. He has a repeat attack. He's great. Yeah, he's great. I, I can't wait to get him up really high and try yeah. him in PvP. Yeah, I was just going to say that. All right. More from Chris. He says, does ISO-8 carry over from one spec op to the next? If it doesn't, then I should be able to gift my lot to someone, or at least be able to sell it, but I'd prefer it carry over or be able to gift it. Uh, I agree. I would love it if it could be carried over, but I don't think that's part of the business model, and I, you know, I don't think they have any plans for that. If that changes, great, but currently, as far as I know, that's not in the scope of things. Another one from Chris. Long one. Bunch yeah. of tweets strung together here. So it says, I noticed that there are a few characters in Marvel Avengers Alliance that don't have alternate costumes and came up with some suggestions. These are, these are great. Uh, Daredevil could have his original yellow costume. That is actually something we've already announced. This is coming. There's just no time frame on it. Uh, he could also have his armored 90s costume and his Shadowland costume. Cool. Iron Fist could have his white costume. Yet. I feel like that's that, a matter of time. Is that not already in the game? No, not yet. Well, it's definitely... I mean, we yeah, already announced that. He's, I mean, that's his current costume, so... Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage could have his classic 70s costume, I guess. War Machine could have the... Uh, the this is 90s stuff. Idellium. Idellion War Wear Armor. He had it for about three issues in, like, 1993. I think... Good, good callback, Chris. I would imagine my gut says we would see an Iron Patriot before we see that War Wear costume. Or we'll see... Uh, his like mo- a movie costume. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be right, but I, I think the you'll likely see uh, something else. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got? Nice. Rogue could have her extreme X Men costume. Sure. Sure. Hercules could ha- could have his fully clothed late nineties costume. All the X Men could have their Age of Apocalypse. And for Ghost Rider, even though it would be technically different characters, there's the Dan Ketch Ghost Rider and Twenty Ninety Nine. There's all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. I I remember when I used to play. Um, what was, the, what was the multiplayer Avengers game? Or Marvel game? Which one? Ultimate Alliance. Yes. Ultimate <laughs> Alliance. So we played Ultimate Alliance. That would be one of the things I would think about. I was like, okay, what alternate costumes would be cool for these guys to have? So I've definitely yeah. played this game before. Oh, yeah. So... Last one from Chris. He says, something you might want to let others know about. Every Tuesday, there are free Marvel comics on the app. Nice. That's terrific. We have to get someone to document those for us so we can note them for you guys. But check out the Marvel app on um, iPad, iOS of all devices, and Android. You're over an hour. All right. Okay. We're moving. We're moving. At Comics Raw, Eddie Blake uh, is tweeting to me in reference to our Avengers Alliance tweet last week. I've had Human Torch versus Human Torch before in PvP. It's lame. I waited out, recharged a lot. He slipped up and used Nova Burst. Yes. That is, I think, what I did too. <laughs> it was a living nightmare. I don't yeah. want to talk about it anymore. At HWU, Haywood W. Wow, this week, twin pick is hard between Hulk 4 and Avengers 5, but Hulk wins. Mark Wade is so great. Great. Typed like a 14-year-old girl. GR number 8. <laughs> um, cool, Haywood. That is cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to call you out for that, but you you know what you did. Another one from Haywood. Yes, just got my hands on Havoc. Woo. Alas, no chance for Magneto. Hashtag Avengers Alliance. Well, as we said. Hashtag Horizon Labs. Hashtag Horizon Labs. As we said, you do still have a chance for Magneto. So keep keep on keeping on. One from at jman15393, Jacob Greenlaw, just started reading Schism and realized I missed Cyclops being a good guy. 
hashtag memories. Sad. Yeah. Another one from Jacob. Who is Hannibal King? Manphibian and Kane in the Marvel Universe just got the hero clicks. Would like to know more. Huh. That's a random mix of yeah, hero clicks. That's great. There. Uh, Hannibal King is a vampire, but a good guy vampire who appeared in the 90s series Night Stalkers and was also in the Blade Trinity movie played by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Manphibian is basically the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, but our version of it, our since version we do not of it, own the we creature. Don't own that. I don't know where he first appeared. I only saw him in Legion of Monsters. Yeah, so he's a seventies monsters character. 70s monster. And Kane is actually the current Scarlet Spider. There you go. And finally, from Jacob, so glad Jean Grey is back in comics. However, she needs to be nicer to Cyclops. Hashtag all new X Men number seven. I mean, uh, yes. She does not need to be nicer to Cyclops. He's a jerk. Well, the He's, young Cyclops hasn't done anything yet. Poor guy. They're, they're kids. They're dealing with all kinds of complex emotions. Let her be angry. All right, over to Joe Caramagna. He says, next time I'm up at the office, I'm crashing in this week in Marvel recording. Bring it on, Caramagna. Yeah, Joe, you also uh, have a you have some Tim Tams in my mm, desk. Those can't be good yeah, anymore. Yeah, from Quicksilver or AUS. So, yeah, you got to pick those uh, up or old, else I'm going to eat them. How old are those at this point? They're not that... You know what? They're not that old, and yeah. they stay good for... Uh, Period of time. Canada knows how to do it. Yes. All right. At Johnny Timpulse tweets, uh, what happened to the Generation Hope kids and new X-Men kids after AVX? They are in Wolverine and the X-Men. Boom. They are over in the Jean Grey school. They're popping up in cameos all about. Another one from Kyle. He says, I'm currently catching up on the goings-on in the Ultimate Universe, and I'm just wondering where Johnny Storm is right now. Last scene in Ultimate Comics X-Men was he stayed with the mutants in New York after everyone else went out west. I believe they briefly showed him on like a newscast or something to show that he's okay. Yeah, that was like the point one issue. So he's he's out there right now. He's uh, on his own and who knows when he'll show up again. Cool. Last one from Kyle. I said, did Wolverine officially adopt X-23 as she is sort of his only living child? That's, that's dicey. She's his clone, not his child. So I'm not sure how that would work. I see Elaine nodding. So she's obviously dealt with this before. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think you can adopt clones. If you wanted, if I you suppose. wanted, we could be your child. All right, thank you, Eternity <laughs> Law expert, Elaine Gomez. Yeah. All right, at Patrick Undy, Mister Underscore Undy. This week in Marvel is a pretty slick podcast. Kept me entertained for my morning drive. Definitely staying subscribed. Ten slick. twin points, Patrick. Boom. I like these the words slick. That's great. Thank you. Uh, and that is. We also. Thank Blake Garris for that because he is uh, he's trying to make sure that it sounds as good as it can, and we're 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 trying to make sure we keep the quality up for you guys. So thank you, Patrick. Oh, don't you edit, edit these too? Yes, sometimes, not all of them. Wow, so just look like, at you. Yeah, good job. Thank Blake. All right, keep going. Come on, we all gotta right. move. <laughs> Pete at Hawkeye UK. Who's more unbreakable, resilient to harm? Thing, Colossus, Emma Frost, and Diamond Form. Captain Britain, Hyperion, or Sentry? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say Hyperion. Yeah, I'm gonna say Hyperion or Sentry. One yeah. of those two. One yep. of those two. Going back a few weeks, question about best fight in Marvel. My favorite has to be an X Men World War Hulk number three, Hulk versus Juggernaut. Great fight. Good callback. Great art by Andrea DeVito. Well done. Yeah. At Rep Gemlin. Got his portion now. It's coming up. Uh, now, he and a bunch of the uh, Horizon Labs folks, they say, uh, he says, we should so ask for a Horizon Labs one shot with Dan for this week in Marvel. I don't know what that means. He wants Dan Slott to write a Horizon Labs. Not, they want to be in the comics. Shot. He says shot. What is it? Oh, a shot I of bet, what? You know what? I bet they're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to interpret. Interpret. Go. I bet since this is a long thing, maybe they are going to a 
convention. Oh, it's going to be there, and they want to get a picture with him. Yeah, and they did. Apparently, yeah. Tweet uh, later. Boom! They saw him. That's great. That's very cool. There you go. Look at that. That is one of the yep. things I love. Folks who are completely separate listeners to the podcast become buddies over Twitter, meet at a comic convention, harass one of our comic yep. creators. It is everything I've wanted. And I like that you are going to denigrate them for wanting to be in a one-shot until I put the pieces together. I, we can't put them in a comic. But they didn't ask to be in a comic. I, because I misinterpreted I it. I know. That's why I had to interpret it. All's good. Love the Horizon Lab Detective work. Uh, and he, he, you know, uh, Robert also jumps this back is, and says... This is why I carry the bulk of the Morsnagos Detective Agency forensics work. Yeah. And you're just kind of... I'm the muscle. Yeah, you're the mom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of Horizon Labs, Robert says, I just wanted to thank the great podcast crew for bringing us together for LS Comic Con. You're very okay. welcome, Robert. That's really cool. Very cool. Uh, and then uh, Robert says, here's a free Marvel Digital Code for A plus X, number one. Get out your pens and papers. MTML18K3TK1Z. Uh, please let... Raf Gamlin know when you registered it, but I assume it's already Someone's been taken. Probably taken that yeah, down. between Goodbye. the two hashtags, someone is three hashtags, yeah. four hashtags, and someone has already taken it. But thank you for sharing. I always like to see folks sharing. Nice. At Wolf Knight twenty six, Ryan Putney, I love it, love it when you guys make the eight six seven five three zero nine reference on the podcast. Great song. You guys have a good taste in music. I don't think anyone's ever made that reference but me on this podcast. You ever made it? Probably I Blake love that might song. Have made it. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Well, I, that that's one. That's that's a good callback. We have to look back. We have to have an intern come over when we're. Nope, gonna, no, I'm we're, not putting intern no. resources. No, no, no. no listen, that. listen. Let me hear. The, let me hear me out. When we go back, when we're getting ready for episode 100, we need to have an intern go back and figure out all our recurring bits. So we can talk about them. That, anything, anything that recurred. That's that funny and totally self-indulgent. Yep, I approve. Exactly. Perfect. I'm so excited for the Lego Marvel game you guys talked about. I love the Lego video games. Me too, Ryan. I've been playing Lego Star, uh, Lego Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. with my wife. It is fantastic. So I'm very excited with uh, what the team is going to put together for Lego Marvel superheroes. Hope you guys will keep us posted about what characters will be in the Lego game. We you better believe it, Ryan. We certainly will. Yeah, we haven't announced more than the initial uh, blast of characters, but the game is slated for fall 2013, so that gives us give or take six, seven, five, eight months, whatever it is, uh, for us to to give you information, we're going to have lots. At Dr. Underscore Spidey, Scott McElroy, caught the Marvel AR on the cover of Nova, was that Stephen Wacker's son, and more importantly, where can we get that sweet Nick Bradshaw Marvel Universe poster that's in the background? Um, cannot divulge the identity of the child who appeared on the cover to Nova, but he's, he's a good kid. Um, and as far as the Nick Bradshaw Marvel Universe poster, uh, you know, your local retailer. What is a, What it's, poster it's, is that? It's that, like, Silver Age one where it's all the Silver Age characters jumping out. I think. I'm assuming that's what he's referring to. I don't know. There's, like, a Nick Bradshaw portrait of the Silver Age Marvel Universe. I'll look it up for you when we get back. That's cool. You can get ask, ask your local comic retailer for it. That's Neat. the best place to get it. Um, at Secret City Laugh, Secret City, Nova Number 1 was amazing. I think it's a great title to get kids into comic books. My daughter loves it. That's really encouraging to hear. Yeah. It's exciting, because I do think it's a good book it's, to get kids it's, into comics. It's an, a great all-ages book without anyone saying, it's all ages. Yeah. Because that, for some unfortunate reason, that has a negative connotation to it. It is a great book for everyone. Yeah. Um, Simon Seb, Simon Williams. Will This Week in Marvel do special podcasts for Age of Ultron like you did for Avengers X-Men? 
Uh, they're in the works, trying to figure out the best angle to approach it. Obviously, the Dungeons X Men, we were able to bounce back and forth between Tom Grievort and Nick Lowe, but we're going to do something. Just not sure of the specific plans yet. I, Tom will be involved. He already knows about it and super excited. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, we'll have something. And also, telling me... Uh, responding to a comment I made last week in Avengers Academy, Tyra explained she'd get too hot wearing clothes over her fur, not exhibitionism. Yeah, I call BS on that. I don't think just because she says that doesn't mean that's yeah. the only reason. She's also yeah, read West Coast Avengers from the 80s or talk to Jim McCann anytime because that's <laughs> I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about it. She is definitely an exhibitionist. I don't know what that's the issue she's given now that she's a mom. She's saying, oh yeah, no, this is why I wear it bikini because that's why she doesn't want to wear mom jeans yeah exactly whatevs all right uh another one from simon are we on simon sebs yep on simon sebs don't judge things before you experience them isn't that a violation of nerd code time to break the nerd code nerd code i don't know what nerd code is don't judge things all right be more open-minded finally from simon sebs who hires writers and artists at marvel the editor-in-chief or someone else that's a a cool question great question yeah you know it's all over the place. Uh, it's, you know, Axel Alonso, the editor-in-chief, obviously has things that he wants to see happen, so he'll make moves and approach people and, and do cool stuff. But the writers and the artists are... Uh, the, the editors on all the books are also working with writers and artists and building pitches and taking their own taste. They're the ones who essentially hire on the micro level. Macro level can come from any number of places. Uh, it's really cool. That's that's the quick and dirty answer. Another time we'll get into it. Maybe Speaking more. of dirty, good yep. transition. At Dirty Lash tweets, I know you won't let any secrets for the Marvel Summit slip, but how far ahead do the plans go? Far. Where? What year is this? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Two ish years. Yeah. Two ish years. Yeah. At, and it can always change. Definitely. But they're laid out. Yes. At Asbiv tweeted, Superior Spider-Man and all, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. All new X-Men, Uncanny Avengers, all great Marvel Now books. Excited for the next issue. Very good, Steven. So are we. Uh, another one from him. He says, are all new X-Men and Superior Spider-Man semi-monthly? All new X-Men was. I think it is now ramped back to a monthly schedule. Superior Spider-Man similarly has been for the beginning, but I think it's going to ease into yeah. a monthly schedule. Yeah, I, I remember Steve Wacker saying something about how they've been every two weeks for so long but I could be wrong about that they yeah. might keep going every two weeks I'm not sure yeah oh, somehow we got more uh, Superior Joe <laughs> at Dreaming Robot m- disconnected from his other tweets says whatever happened to Richard Ryder we got Star-Lord and Thanos back but no Richie I hear you man uh, we'll hopefully find out in the future yeah fingers crossed we'll see and finally on this page at least <laughs> we're almost we're done we're going to go to at Les Pendragon Alpha is in Pittsburgh. That's so awesome. He can make a lookout perch on Mount Washington, get fries on his sandwiches, go to North Hills High School, get trapped on the parkway, and say yin's and at. So when does Spider-Man visit? <laughs> I'm sure that was a great sentence for anyone I got one of Pittsburgh. those references. Yeah, the, the fries on the sandwich. Really? Terrific. I think. Yeah, my wife's family comes from that area. Uh, when does Spider-Man visit Pittsburgh? Not sure. I mean, he uh, Alpha's been going back to New York to check in with Spider-Man, so I don't know if it's going to be a two-way street. We'll Keep reading Alpha. Hey, guys. New mic sounded awesome this week. Woo! Fantastic. That is awesome. Ben, I was right there with you for Nova 1 and missing Richard Ryder. Still waiting on why there's Star-Lord and no Rich. See previous answer. Waiting is the hardest part. That's not the tune. That's, that's the tune. It's, it's a robot tune. tune. Song. And finally from Lex Pendragon... Where has Blake Garris been? 
Where has... Oh, never mind. There's one more. Um, <laughs> no, wait. No. I'm going the wrong page. Where's Blake Garris been? Elaine, where's Blake Garris been? Ah, uh, he's busy. That's all he told me. He gave me the mics and he was like, I need to do stuff. So yeah, he's busy play. playing Avengers Alliance and watching <laughs> videos on YouTube. Maybe. It's Every time I turn around and walk, he's doing that. Blake, I see you not working. That's all well, right. He's doing a lot of work. He's doing he's a lot, doing a lot a of important work. stuff. Yeah. And finally, saying 616 gets me demerits. I'm going to have to start a tab. I love the term 616. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Pendragon! <laughs> Uh, from the WDW Tiki Room, enjoyed hearing. Oh, she's talking to Carrie. Enjoyed <gasps> hearing you on the This Week in Marvel podcast. You should guess more often, Elaine. In the future, take take these out. Ten twim demerits from WDW <laughs> Tiki Room. We don't need to hear requests for more Carrie. That's the last thing we need. Yeah. At the G Dalla, Marvel now needs more Doctor Strange, more Iron Fist. Shin Shang Chi and Avengers Six was awesome though. Hashtag just saying. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent agree. Definitely. Take us home, Ryan. At Marvel Star 12 says, Does Age of Ultron really mean the end of Uncanny Avengers and all of the other titles? That would kill me. I must have missed that announcement. Yeah. Because what? That no happen? one ever announced that. It's, I don't know, Zach. No, none of the titles are ending. Yeah. Relax. Finally, last question of the week is from Zach. He says, Any plans for Tiger in the Marvel Now universe? No, it's just too warm. <laughs> yeah. She can't, she can't possibly exist in Marvel Now. All that fair. Actually, keep your eyes peeled on uh, one specific Marvel Now book. She might be showing up very soon. I'm not going to say which that one. Is, no, I approve yeah. of that completely vague and terrifically will, teasing here, answer. I'll give you a hint. I'm looking at the cover right now. Do you have th- <laughs> The best part is there are literally three comics. I'm looking at the cover no, I, right I know, now. but there are three comics in front. Oh, it's great. All right, great. Thank you to Elaine and the other interns. Thank you to Blake, Strami, and Ben. And more importantly, thank you you to everyone who's listening, who's spreading the word. Uh, If you can, give us, you know, five stars, ten stars on iTunes. Um, Tell your friends about the podcast. We want more people listening, more people commenting, more people uh, enjoying it. And we're coming up on Podcast 75, so give us some suggestions for stuff we should do. Yeah, very cool. We'd like to hear your ideas. This is Marvel, your universe.